men with power obey neither policy nor principle. No one is different. No one is neutral. If Superman were here, what would you want to say to him? That my family too had dreams. To look hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing the 2016 Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. It is basically the same movie as Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, with the exception of about 30 more minutes added in addition to it, which make it a total of about three hours and two minutes, including credits and everything. So I was like... Looking in the news, I was curious about the Justice League uh, release, the Zack Snyder cut hashtag. I've uh, been following it since it's been going on. Most people know Justice League was uh, taken over by Josh Whedon, and so there is kind of a split mind of how that movie was created. HBO Max is giving Zack Snyder $30 million, $30 million to $50 million or something more dollars to add in addition to that Justice League movie, and they're going to re-release that movie with uh, his cut, quote-unquote his cut. And so um, I went ahead and watched the Justice League last week, and so I guess I'm just kind of going backwards in the chronology of the DC Universe movies that I have not covered on my podcast. I've already seen Aquaman a a long time ago, and uh, what else did I see? Um... I've seen Wonder Woman as well, but I've seen all of these movies, to be honest, but I have not covered all of them, so I'm kind of going back and doing kind of like a regurgitation of the the DC universe, and so um, I I wanted to cover Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. I, I have heard rumblings that this movie was better than the actual um, original BVS, Dawn of Justice, so... Um, from what I can remember, BVS, the original 2016 movie, it was, it was pretty rough. If anyone remembers seeing that, it was just like a a big cluster. Um, by the way, this is not for kids, this, uh, review. So, um, let me get a quick swig of coffee. I'm waking up this morning. Excuse me. Okay, so, um... Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice is a 2016 American superhero film featured, featuring the DC comic characters Batman and Superman. It is a direct sequel to the 2013's Man of Steel and the second installment in the DC Extended Universe. Now, everyone that is following the DC Extended Universe and Marvel as well, there's there's tons of comparisons when it comes down to the formation of the team, the formation of the brands, that kind of thing. The film is directed by Zack Snyder, written by Chris Terrio, and David S. Goyer. Goyer has been on a lot of uh, comic book properties, including he was, I think he was involved in the Christopher Nolan Batmans as well. It features an, an, ensemble, an ensemble cast that includes Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Jesse Eisenberg, Diane Lane, Lawrence Fishburne, Jeremy Irons, Holly Hunter, and Gal Gadot. 
BVS is the first live-action film to feature Batman and Superman together, as well as the first live-action cinematic portrayal of Wonder Woman. In the film, criminal mastermind Lex Luthor manipulates Batman into a preemptive battle with Superman, whom Luthor is obsessed with. So, uh... Yeah, it's uh, jam-packed. We've got a lot of people that are responsible for some of our favorite, you know. We got some of the best music with, uh, what do we have, Hans Zimmer. And I don't remember what Junkie XL is responsible for, but I think he's more of an electronic guy. He's He was in uh, featured in Man of Steel, Mad Max Fury Road. I'm seeing Deadpool, Dark, The Dark Tower, that type of stuff. Terminator, Dark, Dark Fate, Sonic Hedgehog. And he's going to be also on Zack Snyder's, credited on Zack Snyder's Justice League as well. I guess that's what they're going to call the Snyder Cut, is the Zack Snyder Justice League. Um, But we also have the cinematographer, Larry Fong. I'm just kind of going through this uh, technical stuff real quick before we jump into it. Larry Fong, cinematographer for uh, a lot of Zack Snyder's films, including 300, Watchmen, Sucker Punch. Um, I've seen all of those except Sucker Punch, and I've... I've heard the Sucker Punch is exceptionally bad, but um, we're not we're not here to talk about that. We're uh, and I'm not here to criticize Zack Snyder as a director. This is all strictly about this specific movie. So when um, anything I'm saying about that, I don't I I don't want to feel like I'm criticizing this guy as like is this guy is a horrible guy. You know, it's no no, it's not a horrible guy. It's there might be a few scenes I don't like or a few things I don't like. It's just a movie, but you know. Just, just take it easy. I'm not. I'm not criticizing his, him, and uh, you know his company or whatever like that. You know, I have a lot of respect for Zack Snyder. As a matter of fact, the uh, Zack Snyder um, wheelhouse of oh, I, what is he? Dawn of the Dead, Three Hundred, Watchmen. He has a very interesting aesthetic, and I think he can direct action decently. Um, and I think the action's uh, you know not bad in this. The problem with this was. This budget is 250 to 300 million and only grossed 873 million, which is not nearly enough what you need. I mean, it's like the bare minimum you need to have on um, a movie this big. But I mean, something like think about the Joker. The Joker grossed what was it, one billion dollars um, on a, a 40 million dollar budget. So it's just like rolling the dice like that. That it you know, you know you're gonna have what I'm saying is you don't need to spend $300 million in a movie to make $1 billion back, clearly. Now, it's not every time you're going to do that, but, um, you know, spend it wisely. So, let me pop the notes out real quick. See if I can't do this relatively quickly. Now, I feel like I wrote a bloody novel for the entire BVS movie, I mean, all three hours. This, look at this. This is all three hours. <laughs> if you're watching live or watching on uh, the VOD, I literally wrote a novel. So I'm going to try to, uh, you know, go through it fast. Um, you know, Superman fast or whatever. 
So BVS Ultimate Edition cinematography kick in with Larry Fong. I really like the cinematography. It, it, this is not a bad looking movie when it comes down to it. Generally, casting casting's perfect. I think the the casting all really hits on just about all cylinders. Maybe one or two characters aren't your ideal, you know, um, people that you would like to be uh, certain characters. But you know, uh, I generally don't have a problem with the main characters. You know, Batman, Bruce Wayne. Ben Affleck, sorry, <laughs> so many names, uh, Ben Affleck or Henry Cavill as these characters. Um, music, like I said, uh, Hans Zimmer, always kicking it. Um, and Junkie XL, like the electronic style. Um, we also have the direction by Zack Snyder, but we, what most importantly that I think this movie misses the mark on, specifically in correlation with Man of Steel. I think Man of Steel got a lot of flack for it being too take for them taking it too seriously. So it's like, what do you expect when you take something too seriously and then double it? You have both superheroes taking it way too seriously. Now it's not their fault that they're told to, you know, be brooding pretty much for three hours. But um the writing in this is very it's not dry, but it's just kind of clear cut and it feels, it definitely feels like it's all coming from the same person. One thing that if you think about it, really good writers can do is they can write for each individual character. They can write for the mother, they can write for the main character, they can write for the boss, they can write for um, the police um, they can write for what the government or the the public are thinking. They can write individual segments of the perspectives from each of one of these, um, from each of these uh, entities or you know subjects. And the thing is, I don't feel like Zack Snyder hits on all cylinders when it comes to presenting the individual aspects of these characters it, it still feels like it's all coming from one one mind so yes overall i think they take themselves a little too seriously um would have appreciated just a little bit more fun like they sort of have in justice league i think that there's a little bit more of that josh whedon you know excitement a little bit the the fact that you're having the first time uh, some of the biggest brands that you've owned over the course of the last century put on screen together i feel like this is an exciting time and it's this movie alongside justice league both open up very you know drudgingly you know melancholy um yeah casting solid gal gadot as wonder woman seems to be having the best time alongside this along uh, alongside uh, uh jeremy irons as alfred God, why wasn't he Alfred the whole time? Um, okay, so here we go with the novelization of what I wrote for Batman v Superman. So let me see if I can do this really quickly. This is right. I'm not going to try to go too fast, but I have all my notes laid out. So, hold on, let me get some coffee. Y'all might notice I might start talking faster midway through. That's because the coffee just hit. <laughs> Once again, we start with a Zack Snyder classic slow-mo intro. What is it? The uh, Watchmen and possibly 300. I think all start with some sort of slow-mo intro. 
even with a, a backstory and all that stuff coming in. Um, we have uh, Maggie from The Walking Dead and Negan from The Walking Dead. Uh, aren't they both in this, um, playing Bruce Wayne's parents? And we're talking about spoilers after this, or, or right now, because we're going to go through the entire movie real quick. Um, but we, yes, we get the slow-mo intro. People hate that we get the Batman, uh, the Batman's parents getting blown away every time. It's, uh, it's kind of, is it contrived? Is that what, not what, it's not contrived, it's, um... It's trying to manipulate the audience's emotions so that you just instantly feel for them. And so, yes, everyone knows Batman's backstory. Everyone's tired of seeing the same interpretation of it. Uh, you know, Martha getting the pearls flying everywhere in slow-mo. Um, still looks great, and I like kind of how the, doing the flash back and forth with young Bruce running away from uh, Alfred at the funeral as well. Looks... Uh, it's, it's a quick cinematic way to show what's going on. And this movie is very comic booky. You know, there's nothing... When it comes to the aesthetic of being a comic book, I think this probably hits it on most of the levels. The casting, like, I, I think all the casting ideally looks really good. Uh, some of the execution, maybe not as much. Um, so... Uh, right off the bat, this looks like they actually went to actual locations. My biggest problem with Justice League, which I'll kind of go back and forth in non-spoilery and in a non-spoilery take, um, that looks like they are in a green screen room for an hour and a half. It is absolutely garbage when it when you ask me the cinematography of it. Um, I actually don't think it's the same cinematographer as Justice League because I think I just looked it up. But let me see real quick. I just find it important that, let me see, um, cinematographer Fabian Wagner, I don't know, something they did to the aesthetic of uh, Justice League makes Batman v Superman feel so much more grounded, and I felt like from Man of Steel up until, what was it, Justice League, it feels way more grounded until then. Um, okay, so, looks like actual locations, which is something I really wanted to have, or I wanted to see and feel the weight of what's going on. Um, at the beginning, we see the collateral damage of Superman's destruction from Man of Steel. We get it from Batman's perspective. We get, Jack, Jack, what's going on, Jack? Oh, God, Jack, no, 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 Jack! It's like, uh, what the fuck, uh... Can we get Batman to lose someone that we actually care about? Imagine it. Okay, so this might be a little bit of comic book spoiler alert, but it, it seems as sort of implied as well. I don't remember exactly. Maybe someone's gonna be like, actually, in the comment section. You can go ahead and do that, but I'm, I may or may not respond. Just hear me out. What if we had lost Robin in the collateral damage of what happened with Superman and Zod? Now, that is someone to lose. The problem with the very beginning of... Oh, God, Jack! Oh, Jack! Get everyone out of the building, Jack! Why are y'all in the building anyway? Y'all see the whole fucking place going down. So, at the beginning, uh, I do like the perspective of why Batman is just all of a sudden pissed. Or, he's, he's upset with the actions of Superman. And it makes sense. He wouldn't be the only one. And he's not the only one. There's, there's definitely reasoning. 
um, flash to 18 months later. Um, the editing in this does feel a little bit choppy. That might be a con in something that I, I noticed. Um, it just feels like, all right, section of the story, done. Section of the story, done. Section of the story, done. Sort of. Um, intro of Superman feels like it takes a while. Um, get the informant, camera dude. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um... For some reason, bodies are burned and they walk outside. Oh, 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 the camera informant dude. The The intro of Superman is in like this African village of some sort. And they are, they're with Lois Lane. And then something's happening with, they're trying to take her hostage to lure Batman, sorry, to lure Superman there. And once Superman comes there, they're, they're trying to frame Superman to make him look like he he's causing extra collateral damage and stuff like you know kind of going off the deep end um yes so that's that's what i was talking about that's kind of a far-fetched plan i don't know why how burning bodies is automatically like oh yeah that's exactly what uh, superman does uh, it's like he's killed like one person and had like a ton of collateral damage from man of steel so it's like he's not exactly shown to be a terrible entity yet i need i might actually end up going back and doing the the man of steel review just to kind of solidify my whole feeling about this dc universe <clears throat> so anyways um they try to frame superman um still a very somber opening batman is trying to save like uh, uh like this like human trafficking ring of like uh young asian women being taken in like well this is fucking dark for fucking batman i this is like really fucking dark <laughs> i was not ready for all of that i feel like this could be uh pretty scary for kids i remember watching this the first time i was like what the fuck this is like i mean him dealing with the mafia is one thing but like dealing with like some human trafficking shit like this is, this is a crazy opening why I, I can't believe they opened like this um why is Batman acting like this? Like he's like he's like whoosh, 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 whoosh. he's got to get he's got to get out of there um, before the cops talk to him. Why? In Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman, he just talks to the cops. What was the deal? Why couldn't I, I? I don't understand why we didn't. I I think a Commissioner Gordon in this movie could have helped. Actually, now that I think about it, they if they would have casted uh, J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon earlier they would have had some communication within the police force, which feels very much needed. There's only the Lawrence Fishburne character who we're trying... He's got, like, the perspective of, like, the people, and then there's, like, some random people through this, but I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Um, I'm kind of going on tangents. Uh, I'll stop that. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, why is Batman acting like that to the police? Well, he could have just talked to them, telling them he's saving these people. Um... He's also branding the villains. Oh, yeah, okay, so to be killed in jail. And the cops are kind of complicit with this. So with the cops being complicit with all this, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, yeah, Superman definitely should probably be looking into this. Why aren't more people looking into this? Does everyone that Batman brands ends up getting killed? I think there's one or two solidified people we might see throughout the entire movie get killed but it's like that's some deep shit and so if batman's not i mean batman has a big i mean a long list a huge list 
of uh, you know a body count on this, so it's it's like eh, it's not that great. It does not look that super in the eyes of Superman. Um, okay, so Super Tub Super Sex is definitely a memorable scene. Um, that's when Henry Cavill's hopping in the tub with uh, Amy Adams, two very attractive people. Um, cut probably a little too soon. Let's just, if we're going to do the ultimate edition, might as well get the, get the ultimate stuff, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I can't be the only one that wanted to see just a 30 seconds longer. I don't know. <laughs> uh, new Batcave is very high tech. Might not age well later. I've noticed that if you go back and look at Batman, uh, his caves and his, uh, his tech, Christopher Nolan did a really good job about making the Dark Knight one very time and timeless kind of by making it very minimalist. I feel like the more tech you have, the more um, ridden in that time you're you're going to be looked at. It's not as like timeless, I guess. I don't know. Could be wrong. Um, he's got the new Bat voice. We don't have that. I don't even think I can do the bat voice right now. I cannot do Christian voice. That's about all you're going to get. <laughs> Alfred calling him on his bat branding shit. Alfred seems to be the only voice of reason during this. And so I just got to say that probably need a little bit more voice of reason. And he's not even that pushing it that hard. He's just like, all right, you're going to kill yourself. You're going to die. This is a bad idea. I wouldn't do it. It's like... Hmm. Um. Let's see. Why is Alfred talking about men turning? Oh yeah. Men. Sorry. Alfred is talking about power turning men evil and stuff like that. At such an early part of this movie, that does become prevalent later. But it's not like it doesn't feel like what they were talking about had anything to do with that. It's almost almost like the Jesse Eisenberg line of thinking. Um, and that guy has an entirely something else going on with them in this movie. Um, okay, and coming to it. My lord. My lord. Jesse Eisenberg is almost insufferable uh, as Lex Luthor in this role. If you think about it, watching it from... The Social uh, Network, 2010 David Fincher's movie, saying this guy's going to be Lex Luthor? I'd say yes. Now that guy playing that character could be Lex Luthor. But Jesse Eisenberg, written by Zack Snyder or whatever, whoever it was written by, Chris Terrio, who, I don't I don't know what the fuck happened here. Now, I'm not a, a, I'm not a big fan of the uh, Superman Returns, I think it was, movie with uh, Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor. But at least, Lex, uh, sorry, Kevin Spacey may or may not be a really heinous guy, but he can play the shit out of an evil man, which Jesse Eisenberg definitely could not, to not, not to that level. And I guess that might just be, you know, coming off of being an actual terrible person. I don't know. We... <laughs> there's some really sketchy stuff about uh, Spacey, so I don't really want to go there. But um, he has a very, in comparison, the portrayal, what it was, a Gene Hackman, I think, plays Luther back in the day. I haven't seen that one in a long time. So 
it doesn't even make sense the portrayal that he's playing as Lex Luthor. It's almost like he's a, it's like it's like jumpy and and like twitchy, and it's almost like he has it. Like I have, I I know people that have Tourette's, and he's sorta acting like that, but he's also got like a a realm of like. I, I, I don't want to be a doctor and say, he's definitely got one of these. He's got the disease of this. He's got that. He's got this. He's got that. No, I don't I don't want to say that. I'm just saying this guy feels like he has some social issues that are unexplained in this movie to the degree that it's like he gets next to no lines, even in this three-hour movie. And the lines that he does get are terrible, like gods falling from the sky. And the least relatable lines I've ever seen uh Sorry, heard on the screen. Um, he doesn't sell me on evil. He doesn't sell me on why any of this would make sense. Especially because Superman's powers are selectively OP and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. So, uh, yeah. His voice is totally going all over the place, Lex Luthor is, and doesn't really have consistency. It doesn't really sound that he's smart, but he does bring up a point if you were to want to, if you want to, what if you were to want to have to fight against Superman, what would you use? And so if he would have had a better, you know, way of selling that idea, I think the government would have been hooked onto it more. Batman might have hooked onto it more. But the way this whole thing is contrived and, and played out is just terrible. Now, what the fuck is with the Jolly Ranchers? When he's explaining this to, like, his right-hand guy or somebody that he's getting approval to, he's popping Jolly Ranchers in this guy's mouth. Is this one of the many subtle branding, uh, you know, product placement ads that they just happen to stick in here? I actually didn't see as many brands in this movie as I was expecting. I think I had heard there was, like... Uh, over a hundred different brands in maybe Man of Steel. I don't remember if that was Batman v Superman or not, but <clears throat> just a ton, ton of product placement because they had to pay for a $300 million movie. So Wally, um, he was pulled out from the rubble um, from Bruce at the very beginning when uh, Superman was fighting Zod. Um, Wally is shown Springs, the Superman monument. He has some sort of uh, reasoning. Uh, he does have a reasoning that he doesn't like Superman because of his leg loss and the trauma. He writes, false god. Um, I definitely see that this, this could definitely happen. Especially in the, the day and age we're living in, anything could feels like it could happen. It feels like Superman's about to fall from the sky at this point. Um, uh, if uh, you're listening to this in the future or you have no idea about the timing or I'm currently watching this during the pandemic kind of towards the end of phase two or middle of phase two um, June July time he is uh he does have a reason to write false god or he has a reasoning to to be tra uh, traumatized um but I feel like they're not showing the side of Superman that was fighting Zod Amy Adams, for God's sakes, she's a fantastic actress, and I've seen her in Arrival, I've seen her in all these other movies, I've seen her in uh, The Fighter. Um, why is she not hiring some sort of, like, lawyer? I, I, I know there's got to be some sort of really badass lawyer uh, in the DCU, DC universe that could, like, help Superman. Maybe say, 
yes, he caused a billion dollars of destruction, but he also saved all y'all's asses. All y'all would be all y'all would be dead if it wasn't for him. So, um, I just got a problem with the way they're <clears throat> trying to fight their arguments, and they're not really they, the Zack Snyder line of thinking is we gotta we gotta. Th fight with our fist and then we can come to a resolution after that and so it's like oh my god um at least for this movie i don't know if that's uh, if that's accurate for everything because i felt like watchmen actually had a little bit more of a political say to it and it had a little bit more uh intrigue behind uh what they were saying um let me see Um, Superman's looking for, uh, I think the one lady from Africa, um, Bat and is told Batman is hunting and, and is mean, um, instantly it's, he's shown at a scene, uh, at a fight getting the Russian guy's phone. Um, this Russian guy gets entirely way too much time. I think they could have just cut this guy out. They, he's part of like the luring, the framing, the Superman thing, but it's just like, ultimately by the third act, none of that matters. So this is where we have the next scene, Holly Hunter, Jesse Eisenberg talking about gods falling or devils falling from the sky and other crazy psychedelic shit that jesse eisenberg's just trying to run by her um <clears throat> i wish he would just say let's just control the superman or you know what if he decides to go bad or something like that let's just have some sort of actual talk instead of talking in these like hypothetical me metaphysical like what ifs um so this is where he, holly hunter's like you can grab a jar of grandma's peach tea and call it piss all day and i won't take a budge or something like that I, I it is the dumbest fucking line i've ever heard but it ends up coming uh you know around later and you know luther really gets her with that one i don't i don't know um let me see batman has a uh nightmare one of like two nightmares in this movie uh, visiting his mother's grave, big cockroach thing pops up, you know, Justice League kind of covers that later. Um, uh, Jeremy Irons is the best part in this, clearly. Uh, the Easter eggs about the Joker probably killing Robin. I, I don't, I haven't listened or watched or I, I'm in the dark about what has happened in the DC universe, according to this. Um, but I'm, I think that the Joker may have killed Robin in this universe or Robin may have become the Joker or of some sort of craziness. I'll let somebody in the comments section, write me, write a story about this so that I don't have to cover it. You know, let one of the real, uh, the, the real masterminds of this, uh, the knowledgeable ones take on that. But yeah, so, um, we get a little bat butt, um, in the shower recording studio <laughs> his shower looks like a recording studio did anyone think that <laughs> uh let's see what else we got gal gadot appears in this next scene when they're going to the lex luther party um i like how superman can hear everything alfred and bruce are, are talking about this is when we're trying to get the information basically of the other 
Justice League members that somehow Jesse Eisenberg has um, already the icons to all, everybody, which some of them may have already been established. Like Wonder Woman kind of already has had her icon established, so that makes sense why it would be on the hard drive. But like The Flash definitely didn't. Aquaman, no. And, you know, all, all the other icons probably would not have been established um, that are on the computer when he opens the hard drive eventually. So uh, <clears throat> this first intro is very awkward for them. They give Superman, um, you know, some awkward stuff to go off of with uh, talking, you know, with Batman and then Gal Gadot's around the corner and... Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Les, Lex Luthor's just, you know, huh, 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 you know, it's just like, you know, bobbling around. It's just like too much, too much. Um, yeah, so I think this is about an hour into the movie and we still have not gotten really any full confrontation except we've, we've seen a lot of, it's kind of a slow burn for the first hour-ish, kind of. It, it's slow burn ish it's like when there's not action happening i would consider it somewhat a slow burn mostly because of the 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 dryness it's very dry <clears throat> excuse me they give uh superman full-on white savior um this is with a montage of superman saving a lot of people i think he's saving some uh, looks like he's in like a Day of the Dead situation in Mexico, and all of those people are kind of surrounding him like uh, White Savior esque. Um, I still think the cinematography looks really good. I just think that it's a little bit over, you know, heavy handed with the Jesus imagery. Um, they definitely had that, uh, definitely prevalent in uh, Man of Steel. Um, but yeah, so there's a montage of him discussing all his motivation, saving people. PBS has like one of the most intense documentaries, uh, of a Superman special, uh, coverage that you could have got. I mean, they did get that one guy from CBS that probably Charlie something or another that's probably been, you know, accused of something, but I don't know. They, that, that special on C, uh, PBS looked intense. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, Clark Kent's like looking at it like, oh, like, damn, that's a pretty good... Looking at it like it's a Netflix Tiger King special or some some crazy shit. Um, but, uh, holy shit. Hey, it's getting crazy right now. I need to get some uh, new pomade. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to record stuff, but I gotta have a hat on, probably. Alright, um... Diane Lane. Her country accent? Ah. You know what? Country accents are hard. I kind of take it for granted that some people can do a decent country accent. Um, Lex Luthor talking to Wally, he bails him out of jail. He's like, I want to help you stand for something. And that's a complete lie. Um, we know exactly where that goes. I was wondering at first, did Wally know what was going to happen in the courtroom? And it's my understanding, uh, Amy Adams says he did not. I don't feel like that is discovered in the other, um, in the original BVS movie. I'm going to try to link a couple articles in the show notes about what the differences are in between the two movies. Because I just, you know what, I could I could regurgitate it, but you've probably heard it if you're going this far. Um, but yeah, I'll give you something to read too. Um, 
Okay, so puns about this guy being in a, a wheelchair. Too soon. Too soon, bud. Too soon, Luther. Um, this Then the next scene is the prison shanking. Um, I was like, what movie is this? This is intense. This is this, this is uh, just uh, jarring in tone sometimes. Um, Amy Adams thinks experimental guns are given to people in Africa. Oh, and that shanking, by the way, was probably because that guy was like uh, branded by uh, Batman. Um, Amy Adams thinks experimental guns are given to people in Africa by the government, which I feel like that goes absolutely nowhere. Did they even... She like confronts one guy about it, some general guy, and he's like, ah, I don't recall. My bad. Or something like that. It, it was just not what... It, it 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 went nowhere. <clears throat> I guess, except maybe to uh, frame Superman in a way, but even then, that doesn't even make sense. Bruce got his Mister Creepy on with Wonder Woman. That was uh, kind of uncomfortable. You know, he's talking to her in another one of those uh, parties, or uh, yeah, one of those parties when he's trying to get his hard drive back. He gets the hard drive back and then has a nightmare about the next movie. <laughs> um, and then they flash into like a Mad Max nightmare scenario. It's like a five-minute apocalyptic Batman movie. Uh, it looks really good because they are using real sets. They're using um, the majority of it looks like they're using real sets or the cinematography is, is shot in a way that makes it look real. It doesn't feel like Justice League at all. And my God, this would have been so badass if we just got this movie, the uh, the Batman and the Mad Max apocalyptic world. I don't know if this is this is probably straight from the comics in some way, but um, I would just say this looks badass. Um, there's even a, a one take, three sixty degrees around Batman as he's taking everyone down. It's a pretty good scene. It's shot a little bit slow, so I feel like they probably could have done it one or two more times and like really just enhanced everything going on. But everything is very coherent. I feel like it's it's one of the better scenes in comparison to like the Nolan Nolans. I didn't feel like Nolan ever had anything like to this degree that was this stylish. Like this is the type of stuff I wanted to see. And I don't think anyone had anything bad to say about these uh, scenarios where Batman's really kicking some ass and um, um, it, 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 having the, the slow turnaround with these bugs slowly coming and you know taking him down was cool as shit only to have uh, Superman unmask him in the next scene and laser eyes I mean this this is when as a comic book fan you're like <gasps> you know you're like uh, straight like losing your shit like gotta change up change your pants clean up on all because all this badassness is happening all this toxic mix ma masculinity is being you know just it's viewed on the screen it is fucking insane love the action think that the majority of it really works um and the portrayals between the two. I just remember seeing the uh, the commercials. This is where when around the time I stopped watching commercials because it spoiled so many things in this movie for me that I was like, my lord, this movie would have just been, uh, you know, leaps and bounds better because it looks amazing. And the thing about a movie that looks amazing is the the trailer will probably you know sell you a little bit more on it too. So um, yes, we get the. Uh, Heat vision and all. I think I said laser eyes. I, I'm sorry. I don't have 
all of the you know the battering knowledge all the the bat knowledge all of the superman knowledge all of the <laughs> the crazy stuff that they do i forget about it um then the next scene we have what i think is the flashpoint uh flash telling bruce that he's right um i guess about some i think he was t he was talking about amy adams and superman but i'm not sure um as uh and he looks a little weird looking something about the suit looks more mechanical than i remember um kind of choppy editing but i see what they're trying to push they're trying to push a ton of information in this um and i think this movie definitely works much better as like three separate hours if you watched it like that than if you watched it in as one conjoined movie i if you think about it as a Zack snyder uh mini series featuring batman and superman i think that it works i think it works a lot better in, in that thinking kind of the same way watchmen i think is i think that's a three-hour movie as well at least the ultimate edition is or the director's cut whatever it's called um <clears throat> alfred and bruce talk about you know how many good guys stay that way um how many good guys stay good the entire time which I guess implies that Robin, either something happened to Robin, maybe he turned into the Joker, maybe the Joker killed him, maybe the Joker was a good guy, I don't know. Um, did Rob, oh yeah, yeah, did Robin turn into the Joker or something? Um, the Batman action scene is cool, however it begins to be, uh, become uh, disillusioned from the background, making it hard to see and more CGI. Um, Superman confronting, I think that that's when Superman is fighting the Russian guys. At one point, uh, trying to get the kryptonite of some sort. I, I don't know. Uh, let me see. Superman confronting Batman at the beginning is just beautiful. It's like this. He just like, whoosh, and the Batmobile like, whoosh, and just flies all the way to the next room, uh, to the next state or something like that. But um, the slow-mo of seeing Superman's cape kind of go in the wind is just gorgeous. I mean, there there's scenes in this that are GIF-worthy that would work in any other film. And I honestly think that Snyder might get a little bit of a bad rap because of uh, just the backlash on it. Honestly, I, I do think that this looks amazing. It's beautiful. Um, people were expecting something different. I know people don't exactly enjoy the, the brooding portrayal of these characters. I think it works on some level. I can see where another another director would take it in a different light. Um, if I think if this had just a slightly different writing to it, just a little bit better writing to it, maybe even just another hand. If Zack Snyder was like co-directing with somebody, like I think this could be really good. Um, <clears throat> it's a tease that they don't have a showdown right there with Batman um, and Superman confronting each other. And that's where we get the original, you know, do you bleed um, line. And so um, that's muttered in the Justice League. Kind of a s slight spoiler. Um, but it is a tease. I kind of wish they would have just had a showdown right there. And this is when I uh, realized this would work better. This works better as a miniseries than it does as a movie. Almost because uh, it's just like done. It feels like the next episode is like, oh shit, is going down. If you think about a movie, you're like, man, I don't want to wait an hour and a half till these people confronted each other. But if you think about like 
a movie or a show, I mean, generally there's at least an hour before something really big happens. Maybe something at the beginning big happens, but then there's story, 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 and then maybe something in the second episode, maybe something in the third episode. But, um, yeah, it, this feels much more like a three-hour miniseries. Um, LexCorp, bullets are, are to frame Superman. Luther is strange and wacky, poking at the fact that they have lack security at the uh, Superman get-together at the courthouse. Um, still, this guy has no personality. I, I, I wanted to go into this movie and say, yes, this guy got a bad rap, but no, this is a fucking horrendous... Uh, the writing is just really bad on. He has he has no personality except for just being kind of just... It's not even quirky because it's not consistent about what he's doing or what he's saying and um, or why he's doing anything. Um, also, Russian guy pushes the the African lady in front of the train who is lying about seeing Superman do all this stuff. Um, that feels like a cut scene. I don't remember that happening in the uh, original edition. Um, also, that goes nowhere. <clears throat> and so, uh, what's a... a Senator June Bug or whatever her name is, Holly Hunter, is getting ready to start the court case or whatever with Superman walking in. Still really like the imagery of seeing Superman in the courtrooms. Uh, just a interesting visual to seeing this guy all all suited up. I'm sure in real life when they were shooting this, he kind of looks ridiculous, but there's still this like sleek look to Superman that looks dope. So, um, you know, Wally wants to confront him. And we know that Wally is uh, Wally did not want <clears throat> to do what uh, Lex Luthor had said that he wanted to do, or he did not plan to blow blow up the courthouse or wherever the hell they were. They were um, it was all Lex Luthor's plan, and so this is where the jar of piss comes back up. Granny's peach tea. What do you know? It all comes back around. Whose idea thought thought that that was the big ticking time bomb? Like, everyone in the DC universe that has been waiting for Batman v Superman and Lex Luthor to trick these two to, to fight each other was like, what's the best method to use? Granny's Peach Tea, a.k.a. Jar of Piss. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. I remember the first time I saw that. I think I actually had heard a review about it, and people were just outrageously pissed about it. And re-watching it, yeah, it's ridiculous and stupid. But it's just like, why? Why is the biggest problem? Like, you couldn't have come up with something better. I mean, his assistant is sitting next to where Lex Luthor's supposed to be. If if you go back and look at it, it's like, probably Amy Adams, probably Batman, probably all these characters normally would have been in that scene. But because this had to happen, it, it um, they weren't there. And so they were at a distance. And so... Having that come back around, and she's like looking at the jar, and she's like, oh my gosh. And then looking at where Lex Luthor's supposed to be, oh my gosh. She's like looking at the sky, she's like, oh my gosh. It's like, first of all, lady, was your first 
inclination that Lex Luthor was going to blow up this entire court. Like, that was not foretold at all. I mean, I just, I didn't understand what the thinking was. Like, I, I don't want to see, why didn't you say, alright, where's Luther? <laughs> oh, whoops. <laughs> just like, explosion. Like, what, what, what is going on, you know? So, that's the... That's the main thing. I'm just like, why was the first, why was the first inclination that she thought she was going to explode? That was my my big thing. I I was not ready for that. Um, I knew that there was an explosion from the first time I saw it, but the thing is, it still got me. I I mean, it still got me. There several times I jumped in this movie while I was just like watching. I was like, whoa, that was kind of a jump scare. Um, one was the uh, cockroach coming out of the um, Martha Wayne's nightmare scenario thing when Bruce thinking about it or dreaming about it I was like Ugh. okay so yeah I knew there was going to be an explosion it still got me Wally did not know that this was going to be planned by Luther um let me see music is hype for Lex Luther going into the Kryptonian ship I think that the the music starts hitting on all uh pretty good you know i like saying it hits on all cylinders but i don't think it actually does the whole movie but i still like the han zimmer junkie xl score um generally generally works for this um my lord this guy has uh nothing to do or say i feel like jesse eisenberg says next to nothing the entire time he's on screen and when he does talk it's horrible it's absolutely horrible Affleck. It's getting pretty jacked in this. I mean, you see him working out and, you know, hitting tires and moving shit and, you know, doing pull-ups and whatnot. I, I was just like, dang, this... Uh, Affleck is in great shape for this movie. He looks entirely different for Justice League. I, and granted, there's probably a two to three, uh, three hour, two to three year gap between when they shot this. And so you, it's hard to hold, hold that uh, level of... Uh, body fat, but I didn't know Ben. Does did y'all know Ben Affleck six four? I had no idea Ben Affleck was six four and and looked like that at that point. And Henry Cavill six one. That I mean, there's several scenes where the two are together, and I was like, wow, the Affleck got some height. I didn't know you know Bruce was Bruce thick. <laughs> um. Okay, so. Yeah, this is where we find out Luther is responsible for the icons of the Justice League. Also get a glimpse into the Wonder Woman photo and song. Um and they are not shy about that. The ability to bring uh, General Zod back and some sort of doomsday character should have been introduced in the first act. Lex Luthor should have been talking about his plan from the very beginning. A lot of superhero movies have the antagonist, bad guy, some, 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 at the very beginning to kind of establish that this guy's been trying to, you know, do this for a while. I feel like the way he's introduced is not like that at all. It's not like we need to get, you need to let me see Zod to do all this stuff. It it just seems like it kind of happens. It's like, He's like, oh yeah, the Kryptonian ship. Let me just, you know, dilly dally. It. Let me just hack the ship. It's it's an alien ship. It's not like it has ones and zeros and codes. I don't understand. He's a billionaire genius, whatever, crazy ass. But like, regardless, that's still 
it's not like you can just hack into that in like 20 minutes. It seemed like he just whipped this up like it was some sort of meal. Like he whipped up Doomsday like it was a crockpot meal and he was done in like a couple hours. Like this is kind of ridiculous. Um, among other things that are ridiculous in this. But uh, yeah, that might be where it started jumping the shark. So uh, we have to see like a random... African-American or black family, whichever you want to go with. I'm, uh, we, we see a black family. I think it's uh, a mother and a daughter watching the news, seeing Superman be hung or hanged. I'd, I'll let the comments do that. <laughs> Correct me on that. But talk about inappropriate talk about seriously inappropriate why the hell would you ever need to show that like the the daughter's like looking at the mother like like what do you think the expression is and and what do you think in the movie theater the expressions are like that people want to hang that people want superman dead i i don't know what the thinking was in this at all this is it's inappropriate in a way it's just like you didn't have to go that far. You didn't have to do that. So I, I just wanted to touch on that. That There's some racial stuff that is in this low key that is not that great. Um, yeah, Wally didn't... Uh, Amy Adams finds out... Uh, Lois Lane finds out Wally, Wally didn't know. Kevin Costner comes back. This is like a dream sequence with uh, Superman uh, and his uh, pops. And uh, it's not great dialogue, to be honest, talking about, like, saving the farm or something like that. I always thought Kevin Carson Costner was good in concept, but maybe not that great in execution um, as as the father. But uh, my father and I are, you know, kind of going through some stuff right now with some family health stuff. So uh, it did get me. It, it got me kind of, uh, you know, a little bit emotional um, just talking about, you know, missing his father and stuff like that. Uh, oh wow, MLS unveils official details for return. Hey, hey, this that's good news. That's always good news to hear. Um, Bruce, uh, both Bruce and Clark have reflective moments of their fathers. How did they locate uh, Martha Clark? How did uh, Lex Luthor locate Martha Clark was my question. I was very confused about how any of that happened. Um, they also locate um, Lois Lane, and her hair still looks great, even being after thrown in the back of a uh, back of a van or some sort. I was like, my lord! Um, everything Jesse Eisenberg feels like he's saying feels like improv. This is when he's on top of the building and he's getting he's got uh, Lois Lane, and he's trying to get the the Superman's attention, and it feels like someone told him, all right. Uh, Jesse, just, um, just play it off, say something that you think Lex would say, and just run with it. Okay, okay, okay. Good, good, you got it, you got it. And that's what it feels like what's going on. It's like, y'all couldn't have come up with slightly better dialogue? Like, none of it feels like, it feels all like trailer talk. It feels like stuff that you would put in the trailer. It's like... Man versus God, you know, man versus machine, you know, the big fight is going to happen. It's like the lines he's saying might sound okay in theory for like a a trailer. And they do sort of make sense a little bit in, tra in the trailer when they cut it, when they did cut it. But like, my Lord, it, other than that, it does, it does not work in, in context. Um, 
Yeah, and Superman needs to have his homing beagle, beagle, beacon, be what homing beacon, homing beacon, both on his mother and on his girlfriend Lois Lane. This is ridiculous. He can't locate his mother using supersonic hearing or whatever the hell he uses to locate Lois Lane. Um, inconsistency with his powers. I'll just say that. Um, unless they did some sort of lead thing, which I think that's what they do with the wheelchair. Um, can't see it or can't whatever. Almost uh, nothing makes sense for Superman for for su almost nothing makes makes sense for Superman to fight Batman. Superman has ultrasonic hearing. Why the hell would wouldn't he be able to hear all this? Um, he's holding Luther is holding a kitchen timer the entire time and says you have an hour to I guess save your mother, which that wasn't even established. And he's like, and now you have less. You had you had an hour, and now you have less. It's like if you weren't here blabbering on about dumb shit, and you would have just said something, um, he would have gone. And he's like the fastest man ever. So what do you expect? It 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 did not make sense why Superman just didn't take this guy straight into space. It, it I was just like, oh my gosh. Um. So yeah, he should have been able to hear his mother. Uh, this is uh. When we have Gal Gadot, it flashes over, and she's looking at the email Bruce Center. Aquaman, Flash, Cyborg spy spotting. I'd lie if I say I wasn't, uh, I'd lie if I say I wasn't, uh, excited about those. But the presentation, my lord, my lord, that is lazy. This is almost like them showing the corp, uh, the studio execs, hey, this is the concepts we got. Oh, you got the concepts for Cyborg. You got the concept for Flash. Oh, Aquaman. Oh, Wonder Woman. Oh, okay. Well, let's just uh, let's just throw it all in the movie. You know, let's just have Wonder Woman look at this shit. That's what it felt like. It it felt like they're looking at fucking files on a computer. Um, it not organic at all. I will say, I I'm not triggered by it or anything like that, but. Um, I just remember seeing it the first time. I was like, this is so lazy. But going back, I, I'll say it's exciting. And it's cool to see him in, in these crazy scenarios. The Flash is like in a, a convenience store saving somebody. Aquaman is way underwater. You know, you give it the trident. It's like, get the hell out of here. And then uh, Cyborg, it looks like he's on some sort of slab being tested on with this like big cube thing. Like a lot of questions going on with that shit. But I guess that's more, that's covered in uh, Justice League. Um Okay, so Batman has the place rigged. Superman is just tossing him. This is the next scene when they actually start going through it. Uh, Batman has the place rigged, trying to get the hearing. Uh, it's like this place way off in the distance. It's kind of hard to tell exactly where they are. But um, he's trying to get Superman taken down, tossing him. Uh, Superman's just tossing him and just breaks the bat signal and do a, does all this crazy shit. Throws him everywhere. Starts to become kind of a, a Mortal Kombat style fighting in a little, somewhat in the you know, psh, 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 you know, laser, you know, got to use the 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 gun. Psh, you got the you got the thing. You got the thing with the thing. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? They fight. I think Bruce is in such terrible shape in Justice League because of this fight. <laughs> Again, with the wall smashing, tons of walls smashed. Bruce keeps using this uh, gas on him, this uh, uh, on Superman, and it kind of makes him fall down and, and cough. Um, was that from the Joker or Scarecrow? Was that established at all? Where did um, where did that come from? 
And where did this staff come from? Was that established that Jeremy Irons was making that staff? Um, I, I was maybe I fell asleep or something like that. This is a long ass movie. Um, Martha. Okay. All right. Ba- basically, Batman turns into the antagonist for the five minutes. Takes down Superman pretty well. Uses the staff. Um, and I guess that is like kryptonite that is being sh- shot at Superman, making him fall down. He's got his foot on Superman's neck, which is too soon, by the way. Um, uh, R.I.P. George Floyd. And the fact is Superman can't breathe, but is able to mutter the words, Save Martha. Now, Batman is sitting sitting there with a staff getting ready to stab him through the head or something like that. I don't know, just see, trying to cut him open, cutting his face. And he's like, you know, he's about to find out if he bleeds. Um, he's like, Martha? Martha? Why did you say that name? And so there is this, like, what? Like, flashback of his entire, his family dying, uh, Batman's family dying. It is still stupid, and I can explain why. Them having mothers of the same name means absolutely nothing to what the problem is. Did anyone in the $300 million budget explain this to any of the writers? I don't understand. With the regular version or the Ultimate Edition, 30 extra minutes still makes this shit stupid. (laughs) Um, It doesn't matter that they have mothers of the same name. Like, he should have just said Lex Luthor has his family and they're holding holding them hostage. And Batman, in the next scene, is able to take them all out is able to take the entire Russian crew out and save Martha. Like, what is going on? Um, oh my gosh, it, it's ridiculous. Uh, it makes it so laughable. So, Batman fighting these goons at the end of the, at the end is pretty cool. Um, it does, it's pretty cool to watch, but it lasts a long time. Why did Lex Luthor think that Batman wanted to kill Superman even in the first place? That I, I understand that it, it wasn't established that Lex Luthor knew that Batman knew that he was anti-Superman. It it, it felt way, way more that Lex Luthor was intertwined with the government and why they didn't want to deal with Superman mothers than uh, Batman. I don't know. It, it just feels like they're in different movies until the very end. Um, and one thing I did hear Chris Stuckman say is it feels like there's a political thriller for the first hour and a half of this and then like the two-hour mark hits or something like that and it just turns into a CGI uh, slug fest. And uh, I I don't have a big problem with that, but it, it can be problematic you know, in some sort. Um, in some sense. Um... Okay, Doomsday Appears 2. Um, Doomsday Appears 2 have been cut out entirely. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's uh, unclear. Oh, sorry. Doomsday, he's made from General Zod's body and just happens way too quickly. It's unclear how strong this thing is or what even the the power strength is. Uh, It doesn't really look all that great in my opinion, just CGI slop. 
kind of a combination of the Hulk and a, a tiny King Kong. Doomsday can cause some sort of EMP effect, I believe. It's hard to kind of tell. Like I said, we don't really know what this is. I wish that Bruce and Clark would have had some sort of communication while they're taking out these things. Batman saving Clark's mother and Clark is fighting Doomsday. It's kind of a, a mix mash thing kind of going on. Um, Clark losing his... Uh... Wait, what? I wish that Clark... Uh... Okay, so... Um... Yeah, the Doomsday character has no power bearing on it. It's hard to tell how you destroy this thing. So Clark takes it directly to space. They get a, a nuke from down below sent to it. Clark turns, gets exploded, and then has to heal himself from the sun, which is a very cool uh, visual. And they're always trying to... I think Snyder did a good job with kind of using some of these details of what the comic book universe would use. But then again, was saying that it's just too long. It just ha There's too much they're trying to pack into that. So he's, he heals from the sun. Wonder Woman shows up. The fighting is pretty crazy. I like how they establish how Batman is not nearly as strong as Wonder Woman and Superman. And they're kind of going, they're, they're having the three-way fight. And Batman is just watching from the side until he figures out how he can join in. Um, this feels much more of a natural Justice League movie. Why wasn't this called Justice League or Dawn of Justice or something like that? I just feel like that that this was the movie Justice... The last hour of this does feel much more like a Justice League movie. Um, Wonder Woman feels like she's having such a good time. She's getting slung, you know, far into the distance, and she's still got a smile on her face when she's uh, getting back up. She, she's, uh, Gal Gadot is, a, is definitely one of the highlights of this film, and I can see why she got praised. Um, and it's no wonder why she got her own movie. Um, at the very end... We have Superman take the trident and um, after Lois Lane and him are struggling in the water and stuff like that. Uh, she's kind of a damsel in distress, unfortunately. She doesn't really get much to do except for kind of, you know, here, help me or do this. It, it, she's a better character than what she she's written for. Um, I feel like we could have done something else with her, but it's whatever. Um, but uh, Superman, yeah, he sacrifices himself to destroy Doomsday. Again, this character that we've only known for like 10 minutes destroys one of the characters we knew for the past two movies. Um, like, that sucks. <laughs> and um, seeing Superman dead, yeah, it does suck. I I know what's going to happen in Justice League and I know what's going to happen in further movies down the road, but it still is a very grim ending to kind of a solemn movie overall. Um, what the fuck did we uh, see at the end? Um, what is, the, uh, it looks like, uh, they tried to create Steppenwolf at the very end of this, which is a character that becomes prominent in Justice League at, uh, you know, with the cubes and whatnot, but that completely is untalked. No one talks about it. No, just a big 10 foot CGI monster just out like that. <laughs> Bye. And why is Eisenberg, uh, Lex Luthor look like he's soaking in beans? He looks like he's in beans. I don't know why. Um, this is a long funeral for Superman. I feel like this funeral scene takes like 10 minutes. It is a long freaking thing. Um, let me see. Slow-mo bullets at the end again. This uh, prominent in what's it called? Justice League. Uh, trying to have a noble speech after all of this. Lex Luthor is saying a whole bunch of nothing. Let me see. 
uh, oh yeah, Lex Luthor is just blabbering about a whole bunch of nothing, and uh, Batman says that he's being transferred to Arkham Asylum. The last shot of the movie is the dirt rising. Why even have such a long funeral if we know that Superman's going to come back at the end of this movie? Like, that is a very long, extended scene to have this character only to be about, wait, he could be coming back. It's like, of course he's coming back. It's Superman Returns. So, um, overall, the movie is not as bad as I remember. A little bit CGI heavy in more places than I remember, but not nearly as bad as Justice League when it comes to the CGI. Action does overstay its welcome. People don't seem to be having as much fun as I remember on the cast, with the exception of uh, Irons and Godot. Um, I love the music. Uh decent cinematography better fighting than justice league um better choreography than justice league the ultimate edition works probably as a solid seven out of ten and i would recommend it to um comic book fans and maybe not the average just like action hero guy action you know if you like action it's like ah, it doesn't necessarily mean you can like this but um if you like comic books and if you like uh decent interpretations i think that this version actually works so thank you for listening, watching Luck It Out Podcast. Check out all the other Luck It Out Podcasts you can on SoundCloud. If you want this podcast early, you can subscribe on Luck It Out Podcast on YouTube. Links are in the description. I think I'm going to post an article or uh, something I can find that posts the differences between the two movies. Um, didn't really have time for that because we're, gonna, we're over an hour now. So, um, But yeah, uh, I enjoyed the Ultimate Edition, about 7 out of 10. Check out all the links below on paypal.me slash the Luck It All podcast for all donation links and uh, social links, all of them down below. Thank you. And if you are liking the DC Extended Universe coverage, continue. Check out the show notes, subscribe, thumbs up, follow along, five stars, you know what to do. Take it easy. You are never a god. You are never even a man. That dream is all some people have. It's all that gives them hope. Now God is good as dead. Man made a world where standing together is impossible. We will.